You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The Columbus Blue Jackets looked at this guy who has sucked his entire NHL career. And we're like, yes, that guy is worth a four year, four and a half million dollar contract. It's, it's a very Tortorellian move. Don't you think? And he's, and he's not even with the blue jackets. The ghost of Tortorella is haunting blue jackets. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Track in the Storm podcast. My name is Brandon, that is Matt, and we are underway on the 2022-23 NHL season, baby. The Hurricanes got off to a 1-0-0 start with a pretty impressive 4-1 win over the Columbus Blue Jackets on Wednesday evening. Now they begin their state fair road trip tomorrow night, starting with, who's it, San Jose? It is San Jose at an ugly 10.30 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, it's going to be fun getting us ready, right in, the, right in the thick of it as soon as the season starts. We will then head to Seattle. Is that the next game? Yep. I know Seattle's on Monday night. Um, Brandon, you're incredibly prepared for this. I know. I I mean, I don't really ever schedule watch, so I, I probably should do that if I'm going to start trying to talk about the schedule. I just know they're going out west. I know it's San Jose, and then, and then I know Seattle is Monday night. Because partially because I've been talking to uh, my buddies over at the Kraken Pod, who I, I produce that podcast for those of you who don't know. Um, so I, I, we, I had actually mentioned like doing like a like a collab at some point in time. It doesn't really make sense for like one random game, like especially this early in the season. But at some point, we were thinking about potentially doing a collab, just because those guys are a lot of fun. And I know some Hurricanes fans are big fans of, or, or, or they at least like follow along with the Kraken just because of the organizational ties and stuff so if you do want another podcast to listen to I do highly recommend them they're really funny they curse a lot so it's a it's a little different from our podcast just because they're what they, the fuck are you talking stuff. about we don't curse that much I know I'm I, that's, little that's the, that was the, the the joke Brandon <laughs> it's comedic timing <laughs> right but they they uh if you don't like foul language it's probably not going to be for you but those guys are really funny i i I really enjoy just editing their podcast just because they're actually fun to listen to so check them out if you uh want to get a little more hockey fill one another podcast to listen to or you're just interested in the cracker but anyway i think brandon's trying to break up with me (laughs) right right i was like well look at me promoting somebody else's podcast they haven't done it for me i'm I'm a little hurt like you (laughs) took a shot there no man they're cool but uh and and i feel bad for them because their mariners are getting smoked right now but anyway (laughs) (laughs) tonight we are going to talk about obviously the first game of the season um not like a ton to take away but there are some things that i think 
at least are worth discussing. We did ask for questions. We really only got one. <laughs> I mean, we, and got... we were going to kind of talk about it anyways. Yeah, um, yeah. And we got a couple, but they were kind of the same thing that we were going to talk about. So shout out to you guys that did answer that, but it's going to get covered anyway. And then um, we're probably going to look around the Metropolitan Division a little bit. I think we, we never really preview the Metro like we sometimes do. So I think we're going to take a peek around the NHL um, and just see what we should expect from those other seven teams the Hurricanes will face off against this season. Um, and lastly, I, I think one segment we're going to do, we are going to just give our thoughts on some questions this Western Conference road trip might answer. I know the Hurricanes have a tendency to not be that great on these you know, Western Conference trips out on the West Coast, but I think there are a few questions that are surrounding this team right now that I, we might get pretty quick answers to. And some tough games on the West Coast are, are a pretty good chance for, you know, some of these guys that are still in a way fighting for roles to kind of stake their claim and make it their role, you know, for the season. So we'll get into all that and more. But for starters, obviously, again, the Hurricanes won game one. I, I thought they got off to a little bit of a slow start. Uh, Columbus probably was the better team in the first period. It was pretty <laughs> even, but considering the level of the two teams, I thought Columbus definitely played better for like what you expect out of them versus what you expect out of the hurricanes. Uh, and they jumped out to that one, nothing lead, obviously on that fantastic shot by Patrick line, a, which I hope he gets healthy soon. Um, hate to see him go down with, I think it was an arm injury, but uh, yeah, it's okay. like a sprain type thing. Okay. Well, yeah, hopefully he's not out for too long. He had a beautiful goal. But that, that goal kind of did seem to kick the Hurricanes into gear. I know they started to really pick up the pace after that. And I think then they took a penalty or maybe even two. They killed, killed two them, straight penalties. And killed them and off then, and looked really good doing it. Yeah. And that so, like Sillinger kind of fluky goal that was then called back because of offside. Yeah. The um man, the the issue that I had with the the first period in that game was it was a it was an incredibly slow start. Like the team did not look like the Hurricanes until the second period. Right. Like, sure, the Canes were getting chances and, you know, like, their skilled players were doing something. I mean, I didn't think Svechnikov was all that great. And really, Aho was kind of just okay. I thought Jarvis was kind of the play driver on that line. But um, I really think that once the Hurricanes got going – they couldn't be stopped, especially once that cylinder goal got called back. Um, Cause at that point it was one, one because of Jarvis's goal. Like once that cylinder goal got called back, that was it. Like, yeah, the Canes were not losing this game, you know, <laughs> yeah, the Hurricanes um, kind of imposed their will after that, for sure. They started generating a ton of chances. Um, Shea's goal. I mean, you know, it tips in off of something in front. Doesn't matter how it that goes in, be, I believe. And then the big, the biggest thing though is you know right after that, it's all hurricanes. They're generating so many chances, and when Nature scored that third goal, I don't know. To me, you just felt like it was coming. You know. Well, and that that line specifically is definitely something I, I think we need to talk about. And and again, it's a one game sample. They could easily go into a little bit of a shell, and you know, it kind of be a thing of the distant past. But I think it was really big for that line to get off of the start they did. I didn't think Kokanemi was great, but he had his moments. Um, yeah, I mean, he had an assist. It was yeah. a secondary assist. Right. So nothing crazy, but. Natchez, I mean, that Shagel, that was all him. Yeah. 
driving through the middle of the ice. And then what I loved about that play was he showed the poise to not force something. A lot of guys get into the slot like he was and, and, and try to make a pass, make a shot, like got to do something. I'm in the slot, which at times <laughs> we know this is also a problem because guys like him and Taravina can kind of have that can be in the slot at times and not shoot when we want him to. But in this situation, he didn't really have a lane to pass or shoot. He got to the outside, delayed, made a beautiful saucer pass to Shea for the one-timer in the goal. I love that. I thought that showed a lot of confidence on him holding onto that puck and waiting for the right play. And it was – that was the go-ahead goal. Yeah, that was – that ended up being the game-winning goal. So, yep. big ups to him. Him getting a three-point night, seeing one go in the net. I, I said that was something that would be really, really big was if he could get off to a good start this year and see if you find the twine. So, obviously, that's that's – you know, you can't ask for much more. Then Sveshnikov gets on the board with what was honestly a pretty ridiculous shot. Just because, like from that angle, the puck rimming around the boards and he just whips it and beats Tarasov. He was screened. He yeah, probably, he was screened like and he had just gotten set. Yeah, but it was so still it's a really tough shot. to make that uh, <laughs> save. Yeah, still a ridiculous shot. So <clears throat> it was good to see all those guys factor in on the score sheet. Brett Pesci and Brady Shea were awesome. I thought Jacob Slavin, after, and he was another guy that kind of started slow. He was awesome. And from the second period on, on the kill, he had a couple of plays where, I mean, it's Jacob Slavin. Brent Burns mixing it up. I, I was like, I even tweeted last night. I was like, I already love Brent Burns so much the way he was like, I mean, he was getting into it multiple times. And it was a lot of fun to see that. I mean, there's a lot of really good takeaways too, in addition to the guys we're going to talk about here in a minute. But I just thought it was definitely – it's what you need from the Hurricanes on opening night at home against the Columbus Blue Jackets, right? Like, that's a game you need to win to get off on the right foot. They took care of business, a lot of good things. Frederick Anderson was great. Good stuff. Now go on that Western Conference road trip, and let's get this rig rolling. Yeah, it, it's the it's the type of game that you want to see from the Hurricanes, right? You know, this is a Columbus team that, while they've gotten better, obviously, with the addition of Johnny Gaudreau, but who the Kings smothered last night. Yeah, that was a masterclass. Um, but they got worse by adding Eric Goodbranson, <laughs> who was on the ice for something like 40 some odd shot attempts, which I is was, I think it was a 44 to 12 discrepancy shots, which is against. horrifying. <laughs> like that is, and you know, some people are going to be like, well, that's what we're paying him for. We're paying him for the defensive minutes. And I mean, you're paying him to like prevent shots. To bleed shit. You're ble- bleeding shot attempts. Like- right. Like you do, like the point of a defenseman is to defend. <laughs> the Columbus Blue Jackets looked at this guy who has sucked his entire NHL career. And we're like, yes. That guy is worth a four-year, four-and-a-half million-dollar contract. It's it's a very Tortorellian move, don't you think? And, like, he's, and he's not even with the Blue Jackets. The ghost of Tortorella is haunting the Blue Jackets. That dude has, like, a vice grip on fucking Yarmo Kekalainen, man. Who, by the way, still is not a good GM. <laughs> yes. Oh, Patrick Laine stayed... And Johnny Goudreau wants to come here. Every other star that they've had in that franchise, other than Zach Wierenski, has left. And this team has made it past the first round, what, once? 
in its entire history. Shout out to uh, Patrick Kane. Yell- well, I don't want to shout out Patrick Kane, but shout out to the Patrick Kane yelling at Seth Jones. What the F are you doing last night? To be very obvious. <laughs> I did not see guys. that. <laughs> Bro, but like with the Blue Jackets, it's I, I'm any other like a big market. Yarmo Kekalainen would have been fired like five years ago. No joke. Yeah. Because like the smaller markets, yeah, they don't want to pay, you know, for two GMs basically. But like, what the hell has he accomplished other than keeping this team in perpetual mediocrity? Yeah. Did you notice that Jake Bean played last night? Like, I'll, I I sold my car last night, so I'll admit I was pretty distracted. I had like, oh, I'm gonna be honest. So like, I had um, no idea he played. I I really didn't. Here's the thing: Jake Bean doesn't know what the hell he's doing either. <laughs> My boy does not defend. And that's the thing. It's like, that's the whole reason he didn't work out here. His offensive totals were very mid. And he just gives up a ton of goals. Let's take a look, shall we? Before we do our Metro preview, let's take an adventure into the Columbus Blue Jackets and what their defense looks like. I've got Zach Wierenski. He's pretty good. Eric Goodbranson. He is not very good. Vladislav Gavrikov, I actually kind of like as like a, he's like a decent third pairing guy. Yeah, he's a solid shutdown guy. He's kind of like a Dahan, a little more physicality. Yeah. Adam Boakvist sucks at hockey. He can score though. <laughs> yeah, but he gives up a shit ton of goals, dude. But points equals good, Matthew. Oh, you know what, Brandon? I'm sorry. You're right. Points equals good. And that means Jake Bean who is quite literally useless in the defensive zone is also good because he scores points. Not really. And then there's Andrew peak who is a a hockey player. He's a warm body. Yes. He is certainly a hockey player (laughs) that will be making two and almost $3 million next year. It's just the, you should be putting up four plus on the Columbus blue jackets every night. Yeah. I thought Tarasov was actually pretty good for the most part. Tarasov's a decent goalie. I don't think he's like the top half of the league in terms of like starters. Merzlikens is fine (laughs) again as like a one B. But with that defense in front of you, like you cannot expect those goalies to be good. Yeah. So for me, the way I'm looking at last night's game is yes, that's what I want to see from the hurricanes. They put up a four spot on the Columbus blue jackets who suck even with Johnny Gaudreau and yeah, move on. Burns looked good. Chatfield looked good. You know, it is what it is. We got questions about the third pair and I think we were going to talk about it anyways. So like this, um, by the way, I am disappointed in everybody. Weak output on the questions this week. Do better. It was last (laughs) minute. I don't blame them. Brandon may be disappointed, but I'm still full of love for everybody. Uh, speaking of full of love, by the way, um, I know your last name was Palmer, and it's it's killing me because we were so busy last night. I think your first name's Tyler. I think it's Tyler Palmer, and I, I'm going to sound like a dick, but I promise you, if you saw how the stores were last night, you would understand why I have no memory and my brain is mush today. 
thank you. Seriously, we really appreciate you. Tyler came up, just shared his love for the podcast that like means the world to us to know that like people listen to us for one and like that we are actually like a part of their day. Like that's really cool. So again, huge shout out to all of you. We appreciate it. That's still humble, but I I have let the fame go to my head. Listen, yeah, that's that's how it'd be. Um, Obviously kidding. No, let me give my take on the third pair because I saw a lot of people pissed off on Twitter. Yesterday when when it was announced that Chatfield was going to play, everybody starts losing their minds. And it's like, well, why isn't Dylan Coghlan playing all this stuff? And, you know, I would. And then Chatfield went out there and was like, amazing Chatfield was great last night <laughs> he was he really had an awesome game like he, he really like he, it was it was the equivalent of using the rock on somebody you know like shut up bitch like yeah like that was the equivalent of that because he was great um but last night you know yesterday brandon you sterlo and i were talking and I, I brought up the point where i was like listen you know this is a matchup thing you've got eight defensemen so obviously two are gonna have to sit Chatfield brings some very necessary grit to the team. And yes, Dehan does too, but Chatfield was is going to get under the Blue Jackets skin, which he did on a couple shifts. He's also going to play physically against a team that's not very physical. And he can join the rush. He can provide a bit of offense. Hell, I think he had like a decent amount of shot attempts too. Um, That's where I was going to go was his like activity level. Like he was, he had a, he had a nice play too, where he comes up on the play gets to kind of like the goal line and then tries to make a centering pass out front. And, you know, I think it was to step on actually and step on, you know, gets a shot off on goal and it, you know, it's, it's a good scoring chance. That's what you want to see. So, you know, I understand Coglin looked great in those two preseason games, but folks have to remember he was pulled out of one of those games for an injury. Like, it's very possible he's not 100% just yet. It's entirely possible that Rod looked at the matchups and went, listen, we could use an extra bit of physicality because that's a good way to match up against the Blue Jackets. Like, would it surprise me if Chatfield's back in the lineup tomorrow against uh, San Jose? Not at all. San Jose is a pretty slow team and Chatfield's quick and he can match up against their physicality. But I think Coglin could also do that. Yeah. You know, another thing about Chatfield last night, I love the way his aggressive defensive style works. I, I think it is another good matchup for a team like San Jose that again, isn't as fast that he can kind of recover from that. What like, I love the way he sealed off some of the oncoming rushes because he took away time and space so well before they even got to the blue line, which is what the Hurricanes want to do. And little things like that could be another reason, being that he's had another year of experience in the system that Coughlin doesn't. That could be another deciding factor of why he's been in the lineup or was in the lineup last night and might be for a little while, like you're saying. I love the way he steps up. He's an aggressive pincher, which is what the Hurricanes do. And... I don't, that's not going to work against every team. You try to do that against some of the faster forwards in the metropolitan division, you're going to get burned on occasion. So it's probably not the best idea, but the way he sealed some of those oncoming attacks, like again, before they even got to the attacking blue line, really, really good work. Very small, subtle plays that deny entries that force a dump in that force a turnover. Like 
those are really impactful. And I think he was a big part in the Hurricanes reversing the energy level last night. I really do. But like part of the question, like, you know, part of this was the question of whether or not the Hurricanes are going to shift their defensive players around a little bit or whether they're just going to ride with these two until, you know, somebody falters or gets hurt or something. I think the answer is yes, that eventually like Dylan Coghlan's not going to sit until something happens on the back end. He's going to get into a game eventually. Maybe it's like in a way kind of sort of similar to Jarvis last year where like they're just kind of acclimating him and like they've got players and maybe they just want him to sit around and keep practicing with the team for a little bit. That's not totally outside the realm of possibility. I think he gets in a game sooner than Jarvis did. Like I I think he's going to be in the next couple of games at some point he's going to play because we know Rod doesn't like, he doesn't like to just sit guys for forever. You know, he's always done that where he'll shuffle guys and, you know, some Martin Nook will be a scratch and everybody will be happy. And then the next game he's back in after whoever he went in for played great or whoever went in for him played great. Yeah. <laughs> everybody gets mad, but I think we're going to see Dylan Coughlin probably, if not in San Jose, I think we see him in Seattle. I think one of these next two games, we're going to see him. The bigger question is bear to me. Does he get in too? <laughs> that's, that's my question is what, what do you do with Ethan bear right now? Yeah. You know, I think he had a pretty awful training camp. He did. Um, and again, it depends on if Coglin is like 100%. With the way Chatfield play la- played last night, if you can get that on a consistent basis this season, you can get that steady play from DeHaan. And then you can see what uh, Coglin brings, you know, Maybe what this road trip does for the Hurricanes, it gives them like, you know, it gives them a couple games of a sample size of Coglin, maybe a game or two of Bear to see, all right, who would we rather keep on the roster? And at this point, I'd, I'd be inclined to believe that the Hurricanes don't want to keep $2 million up in their press box every night. So to me, that means Ethan Bear's likely going to go. I was a little surprised they didn't waive him. I'm going to be honest. Um, I think he might have had a better chance of getting claimed than Martin Oak did. But with the players that passed through waivers, I don't think Bear would have been claimed. I'm going to be honest. So anytime, maybe they think they can get something out of it. I mean, teams like Vancouver has been interested for a while. I want to say it was like Vancouver just had a cap dump to remain compliant and has $0 in cap space. So that, well, Ottawa too. I think it was Vancouver and Ottawa were the two teams that were poking around on them. Yeah. So like for me, I just, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. Like the hurricanes aren't in a rush to move him though. Right. If, but, if, but to your point, like the way DeHaan and Chatfield played, the way Dylan Coughlin has looked to this point, like I don't even see how you can justify playing him. You know what I mean? Like yeah, at I some agree. point you're taking time away from guys that don't deserve to be in the press box. And I think the Hurricanes might already be in a situation where they have seven defensemen that really should be playing. And one of them obviously isn't going to be unless we see the godforsaken 11-7 formation. But 
as, as of right now, I, I just don't think it's good for Bear. Like, he's still a young defenseman that has a chance to develop and, like, contribute in a lot of different ways at this level. I just think it needs to come on a team that his lack of pace isn't going to be such a hindrance. Yeah, and I mean, you know, kind of pivoting from the the defense, like, when does Stefan Nason get a chance in the lineup? And um, does Nason replace Stefan on the fourth line, or does he replace Martinuk, or does he replace Kasha? You know, I don't think he should replace Stepan or Kasha, but it kind of depends on what, what the Hurricanes want, you know? Yeah. So without Drury on the roster, I don't think it's going to be step on unless there's another. Well, they do have Paul, no. Stassi, but that would mean you move Paul Stassny to the fourth line center role. And I don't think Martin, can, Martin can play center. So like, oh, you know, Sorry. like he can at least take faceoffs. Again, in a way, it, he might even be better off in the middle just because his like. You know, the one thing Martin Nook has is his motor and he flies around like a bat out of hell. Now, granted, when he gets to the puck, he doesn't always know what he's going to do. And you have times where he ends up looking a little silly like he did on Cole Cylinder's reclaimed goal last night. But at the same time, again, it's just his relentless motor and the, his, the energy he brings. At some point, that might be better in, this, in the middle. I don't know. I'm willing to try anything at this point. Anyway, I mean, hey, um, it's, Stepan's it's, not the guy that deserves to come out to me, though. And Andre Kasha sure as hell isn't. So here's, here's, that's an interesting dilemma there, too. Nobody deserves to be taken out of this lineup, but with the way Rod's going to roll the lineup, somebody's going to come out. And that includes Jordan Martinuk, Calvin DeHaan, Jalen Chatfield. Hell, Dylan Coughlin doesn't deserve to sit right now, but he is. So, you know, it's a, it's a luxury that the Hurricanes have to have 13 forwards, I'm including Nason in this, and eight defensemen that could legitimately play and not be useless right? and not just be a warm body. Because we saw Columbus, again, trot out $4.5 million worth of Eric Goodbranson. <laughs> it makes me chuckle every time. It's It's like, you know. Sometimes you just got to laugh, man. You just gotta you just gotta remember those that are less fortunate than you. <laughs> uh if that guy can make four and a half million dollars playing hockey, there's gotta be something out there for me. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but and this is something I wrote about the other day. It's I feel like it is kind of stating the obvious, but it, it is such a luxury because the hurricanes are gonna lose a forward at some point, they're gonna lose a defenseman at some point, they're probably gonna have a couple go down at some point, and they are gonna be able to just okay, well. That sucks, but now this guy's in the lineup and they're not going to have to change anything. Like they're going to, the line, the like time on ice discrepancy, or just not discrepancy, but the distribution, that's the word I was looking for, is going to be pretty much exactly the same. They're not going to have to change, well, anything. Like they're not going to put a guy like Nason or Jack Drury when it comes, when the time comes. They're not going to put those guys in and have to say, okay, we need to shelter this guy. Like it's going to be the same old, same old. And not very many teams can say that, you know, how many you look around the NHL, how many guys get called up from the AHL and play four minutes? You know, I see it all the time when I'm looking at box scores. This guy played seven minutes this night. I don't think we're going to see, you know, there'll be a few nine minute games, but the Hurricanes like single digit minute games from players 
I think we're going to be really, really low this year. Yeah. Can you guess who played the lowest amongst the Hurricanes last night? My guess is Kasha. Just throwing that out there. He was second. Okay, so was it Stepan? It was Stepan. Okay. And Martinuk played over 13 minutes. Those guys played 11.02 and 10.43. Well, Martinuk kills penalties, doesn't he? Don't caution step on. Like, I, I feel like they both should or could, or maybe they don't win the full team's healthy. Maybe they're like backup guys, but I don't know. But Chatfield played 14.52. DeHaan played 14.13. I mean, the defense was distributed well. I mean, it was just 23.14 was the most. That was Slavin. Burns 22.33. Shea 20.40. Pesci was at 20.48. So you have four defensemen playing over 20 minutes. But like not exorbitant, you know. And the other two guys playing about fifteen. That's good, you know. It's early in the year. Some guys maybe not like totally in game shape yet. That kind of distribution is going to keep guys fresher for longer, you know. We know Burns played like thirty minutes a night last year. Like he's perfectly capable, but he's going to be playing a little deeper into the summer with this this team than he was last year. So I think it's good to have the thirty seven year old Haas nice and rested. Yeah. So I think we've talked about the, the hurricanes as much as we can um, for one game for one game. Cause I mean, you know, there, there has been no hockey other than that, um, but there is hockey coming up this weekend. The Chicago wolves open up their season. It's very exciting. It's going to be an interesting year um, because, you know, a lot of people thought that this team wasn't going to be very good and they look really good this year. Just to kind of read this year's Wolves team. Um, we'll start with the forwards. You've got Ryan Suzuki, obviously. Alexander Pashin, which is a big deal because Pashin was one of those guys where I thought maybe he might start in the ECHL just because he's still relatively young. Um, Dezingle, Matheos, uh, Joseph Labate, who is on an AHL deal, Jack Drury, Lane Peterson, Noel Gunler, Nate Susezi, who turned a good camp into an NHL or an AHL deal, Jamison Reese, Mackenzie McEachern, Malty Stromwall, Tuka Tiexala, Josh Melnick, Ivan Ladnia, Brendan Perlini, which is actually kind of a decent addition for the team i'm interested to see him yeah i mean he he was he was a 12th overall pick in 2014 and just was never able to work out because stop me if you've heard this before folks arizona couldn't develop a prospect i was gonna say he literally was in arizona than chicago good luck yeah um this and then vasily panamarev defense you've got i guess they cloned griffin mandel because he's on there twice on the uh, ahl website jason garrison dude Jason Garrison, Anthony Honka, David Ferentz, Max Lejoie, Kevin Fitzgerald. Can we just Lagesson. talk about Garrison for a minute, bro? I had no idea this dude was still playing hockey. So he's, he didn't play last year. He's 37. I thought he was older than that. <laughs> yeah, he's – you remember when the when the Checkers brought in Zach Stortini? Yeah. Yes, I do. That's what this feels like to me. <laughs> Bro, do you – okay, and I, I talked about this – or I commented on this on Andrew Rinaldi, friend of the podcast, um, Chicago Wolves beat writer. I, I commented this on his tweet about Garrison. I was like, 
one of my favorite wait what's of NHL history. Jason Garrison scoring 16 goals. <laughs> he scored 16 goals in an NHL season. Like that actually yeah. is something that happened. And it, it it blew my mind at the time. It blows my mind now. This dude is like a big, rugged defenseman and scored like a Dougie Hamilton goal-scoring offensive season. <laughs> like, what yeah, the hell? It's just so weird. But, like, again, he's a good veteran presence to have. He has over 500 NHL games. So, like, this is a guy that's going to help develop guys like Anthony Honka, um, Ronan Seeley. And not surprisingly, you know, the goalies on the roster are Sachenko and Kochetkov. I didn't think that was not going to be the case. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a good, potentially really good team. Um, and this is, this is a team that really, especially if Suzuki can get healthy, I think this is a team that could surprise. And the fact that, you know, we're not even including the fact that Jack Drury is on this roster again. And, you know, that's a gigantic ad for this team because, um, he might score a point a game this year. Yeah. Well, Drury wasn't supposed to be on the wolves to start the year right and the fact that he's there now i mean that that makes chicago that takes them from being you know like a pretty good team to potentially a really solid team right and i do want to comment yeah. on Drury. like there's a lot of guys that you know all summer long i'm sure he read about oh jack Drury, he's going to be on the hurricanes roster the hurricanes want him to make the opening night roster this guy's pretty much a shoe in and then kind of like to the shock of everyone he gets sent down at the end of camp and I think a lot of players that would like really bug and I would like probably be kind of watching to see if they started the year kind of slow or like didn't look engaged or didn't want to be there kind of thing. And I, But I think, you know, we kind of know a little bit about the makeup of Jack Drury at this point. I think it's going to do the opposite. And I think this kid's going to come out absolutely on fire. I think he's going to want to prove right away. He's like the Hurricanes. They should never should have sent me down kind of thing, you know. I expect him to tear up the AHL. Like he got sent down and he's going to make it that league's problem. Yeah. And I mean, you know, Drury is a guy with a good attitude. Captain material. Yeah. He's a guy with a good attitude and he's, he's going to take this as a learning opportunity to get better. You know, there are some players (laughs) that would take getting sent down to the uh, AHL as a punishment. But instead, Drury's going to be like, you know what? Crap, I didn't have a good camp. Let me go and improve. I didn't think he had the best camp. Man. That's kind of something we didn't, he didn't. know that much. But he didn't. I'm going to be honest. He looked invisible in every preseason game he was in. Yeah. He scored once. And once. And here's the thing. Drury's not supposed to be invisible with the way he plays. Right. So... Anyways, that's just my take. Yeah. But he's going to go down to that team, man, and and there's a lot of skill on that team. I'm really excited to watch them. I don't know that they're going to be quite the team they were last year. Obviously, they lost a lot, especially those AHL veteran types. But there's a lot of upside on that roster that's going to have a chance to kind of thrive in that league. And I'm really, really excited to see guys like Tuka Tiexla I'm going to, I want to see how he progresses from game one to game. What is it? They play in the AHL 76. Um, 
you know, Alexander Passion, obviously human highlight reel. He's already been creating some buzz down in Chicago during the preseason down there. And I mean, obviously Drury, Jameson Reese is going to have a bigger role this year than he did last year. Hopefully he can stay healthy and have a big offensive year. Like that's going to be a really fun team with a ton of intrigue that has quite a few pieces that could play big roles in the future of the Hurricanes. Noel Goonler, Vasily Ponomarev, I didn't even mention them. Like the list goes on. Malty yeah. Stromwall, who I'm really excited to watch. Middle Stormwall. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Uh, let's do the ad break real quick. Tracking the Storm is a proud part of the Hockey Podcast Networks. We are going to take just a quick minute and get a word from our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet just $5 on any NHL team and get $200 in free bets if they win. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and you'll get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes wherever you get our podcast for important details. Okay, let's uh, let's let's pivot here. Let's talk some Metropolitan Division. Now, a bunch of those teams are in action tonight. Um, you know, we're recording. It's about ten o'clock right now on Thursday night. Um, the Flyers smoke the Devils. I don't think either of those teams are going to be very good. Tony D'Angelo did have two points in his debut. Morgan Frost scored twice. Maybe it's finally time for, we were talking about this earlier, a player that we expected to be a lot in the NHL to actually be something. Um, I don't think either of those teams are going to be a factor at all this year. Um, I, I think we're looking at the bottom of the division right there. Probably. I think both those teams are probably below Columbus even. Um, so not a lot to talk about there. I don't think. The Rangers coming off their opening night win over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Smoke in the Minnesota Wild in the hockey state right now. Um, it is five to one. Just began the third period. Our Timmy Panarin already has four points. Like that's the only team that truly scares me in the Metro Division, I think. I, I think that's the only real competition for the Hurricanes when it comes to the division title. Um, I think the Hurricanes are a better team than the Pittsburgh Penguins. They're always going to be a factor as long as Gino and Sidney Crosby are there. Um, and the Washington Capitals, kind of same deal. As long as Ovechkin's there, Nicholas Basham, John Carlson, like they're going to have something to say. But I like the depth and the overall completeness of the Carolina Hurricanes a lot more than both of those teams. Um, but yeah, the Rangers, man, like they've started this year well. Minnesota did just score to make it 5-2, Matt Boldy. Um, but that's that, that's going to come down to the Rangers and Hurricanes to me. So the thing here's the thing about the Rangers and the fact that they're beating the Wild right now caused me to look at this Wild roster and this team is not good. They have a good top six, but a pretty weak bottom six, and there's a lot of questions in it with the fact that like Boldy and Rossi both made the team, you know. Yeah, I think they're going to be relying a lot on guys like those two, Sam Steele, Tyson Jost, like players that you maybe Sam Steele's 
not very good. Sam Steele's not <laughs> um, good. Tyson Jost is not very good either. Ryan yeah. Hartman, I think, had a crazy year, but everything he's done before that leads me to believe that he's not going to be as good this year. Their defense he, is very How did he weak. score 34 goals in 65? Uh, I do crazy not know. That's like a Svechnikov season. <laughs> like the the Minnesota Wild, their their defense is really good with Spurgeon, Brodeen, and Dumba. Middleton's a fine third pairing defenseman, and Goligoski's old. And then Kalen Addison is very much like a question mark for this year. I don't see how he gets power play time over guys like Spurgeon and Dumba. I just yeah. don't. So. And then their goaltending is Marc-Andre Fleury and Philip Gustafson. And Fleury's good, but how long can he stay good at 37? And Gustafson is kind of mid, I'm not going to lie. So it's it's a team that is just lacking a lot of depth. The Rangers just scored again. So yeah, it doesn't, surpri- it doesn't surprise me. So the Rangers, you know. Fleury's given up six goals on 25 shots. Yeah, the Rangers, their big thing is like, yeah, they, their their top line, you know, with Panarin, Kreider, and Zibanejad, I mean, that's a crazy line. And, you know, adding Trocek is really good, but that team is relying on, it's a very top-heavy line, and no team has really figured out how to stop their top guys yet. But once a team figures that out, it's going to be really tough for the rangers because yeah they've got a really good defense but that's a team that's actually in a really tough space coming up they're maxed out at the cap and oh god heedle lafreniere kravtsov keandre miller that's gonna be a gigantic they're gonna give up on kravtsov yeah, but they've got Heedle, who's due for a decent extension. Like, their core is locked up, but you do Keandre Miller's going to be making a lot of money. Keandre Miller is really good, man. Like, really good. I, I like the Rangers. I just think this is a team that has a really good top line, and their bottom nine is okay. Their top, their defensemen are fine, and their goaltending is really good. For me, though, my biggest question is: Does Shesterkin have that good of a year again? Because it's tough for goalies to do that. You know, friend of the podcast, Mike Maniscalco on you know Kane's cast was saying, you know, like, what's when's the last goalie to string together like seasons like that? Like, yeah, consistently. It was like Hashik was one of the only goalies. God, the Wild just scored again. This game's nuts. Matt Boldy again. <laughs> Matt Boldy's going to be really good. And if he if he becomes the player that was that we saw at the end of last year, the Wild could be a decent, maybe even good hockey team. But the fact you know those Parisi and uh, Weber or not Weber Suter buyouts are not good. Yeah. So, anyways. That's my take on the Rangers. I do want to say, like, with the bottom of the Metro, Philly, we're, we know what Philly is. Philly is not going to be a good team. I know they, they were beating the hell out of the Devils tonight, like, when we started recording this. I think that game's over now. Both bad. But the Devils are the team this year that I think is going to disappoint the most 
again. It's a yearly occurrence for them at this point. I mean, like they, they, the joke is like the Devils always win the offseason and suck. Like, taking a quick look again at the Devils roster. I mean, they add Alexander Holtz. They've got young pieces I like, like Dawson Mercer. Their big acquisition was Andre Palat, who is and a Eric very Halla. good hockey player. <laughs> Eric Hall played almost 19 minutes tonight. Jeez. If Eric Hall is playing almost 19 minutes for your team, there's a problem. Yeah, and well, that's another thing, too, is this Devils team has a ton of RFAs coming up. Jesper Boquist, who's a decent NHL player. Jesper Brett, Yegor Sharangovich, even. Kevin Ball sucks. Mackenzie Blackwood sucks. Like, I, I don't see how this team, with the poor goaltending that they have, Mackenzie Blackwood and Vitek Vanacek, I don't see how this team is competitive. I really don't. Yeah. Like John Marino, I loved that addition because I think adding John Marino and trading Ty Smith was great. Yeah. John Marino is a really solid shut down defensive defenseman. And we saw like, you know, a player like him and Matias Samuelson or yeah, Matias Samuelson sign with uh, Buffalo earlier this week. Just a pure defensive defenseman that doesn't provide a ton of offense, but doesn't allow any offense. I do think that Holtz and Mercer are going to be good. I think Jack Hughes is only going to get better. But Jack Hughes was awesome last year, and I think yeah, he started. The, the thing game. is, this Devils team, you're looking at the roster they have currently. None of the players on this roster are players that I'm excited about. None. Like, none of the other players that I, I could list, like Thomas Tatar, eh. Andreas Janssen, eh. Miles Wood. Yeah. I've always liked Sharon Govich. I mean, Holtz is exciting. Mercer's exciting. Hughes is exciting. Like, they've got a decent little core there. Andreas Janssen, I've kind of liked. Like, especially in Toronto, he has some really good years. I mean, I wanted to go after He goes after to the Devils. Point. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just, it's just one of those things where you're like, man, I really wish this team was better than they are because. They're just not it. Columbus, we kind of talked about already. This is a team that's closer, I think, with the addition of Gaudreau, but they're not a playoff team yet. What do you think? What's your take on the New York Islanders? They're always so hard to figure out. So this is a Barry Trotzless Islanders, which makes it tough. They didn't add anybody to this roster. Like, as far as I can tell, this is the exact same Islanders roster as last year, other than Romanov, who they added at the draft. And Romanov's good. I think that's a decent addition to their defense. But what what really is this team? <laughs> Exactly. Like, that was kind of where I was at, too. It's like, I don't know what to make of them. I'll ask Matt. Oh, Matt, I don't know what to make of them. <laughs> well, like, like Matthew Burzell is an exciting hockey player. But to this point, what's his career high in point totals? He had 85 in 82 games. 
in the 2017-18 season. That was his rookie year. It's like five years ago. <laughs> yeah. Since then, he is 62 and 60, 55 and 45 during the shortened 2020-21 season. Then last year, he had 59 points in 73 games. But he's making $9 million, excuse me, $9.15 million to score less than 20 goals a year. Yeah, he's good for 40 assists a year. But, man, I, I just look at this Islanders team and, like, Oliver Wallstrom, I don't know what he is as a prospect, as a player. I think you, I think you said that stats a little bit wrong because I think you made it sound like he had, like, multiple point-per-game seasons. That, that rookie year was the only time. The rookie year was the only time. 62 and, and 82, had, 60 had, and 68, 45 and 55, 59 and 73 last year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he's had good years. He's good for 40-ish assists per year. That's a second line center. But he's never scored over 20 goals. It's a second line center production. Is what that is. It's it's a it's a, a really good, good second line good center one, yeah. into a solid like okay first line center. That's not um, worth 9 million dollars. It's not that's not like a championship team first line center. Yeah, and the the issue I have with the Islanders right now is they don't really have like Noah Dobson is really good. He's going to get better. I like that they've added Alexander Romanov. Kiefer Bellows is not good though, and the only other young forward they have is Oliver Wallstrom, and I don't really like Wallstrom either. He's a player that relied solely on his shot and just isn't that great, you know? That was like our concern with multi multi Stromwell. <laughs> like, yeah, elite he's shot, got a good shot. Can he do the rest of the little things? And I think he showed some stuff in preseason that made me optimistic. Um, yeah. So, but that, that's kind of the same question with Oliver Wallstrom. Except he's been given more leash and shown like less. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, this is this is an Islanders, Islanders team that's going to always be competitive, right? Like we've yet to see really what they look like under Lane Lambert, but you can always tell like they're going to be at least tough to play against. Right. Right. But I don't think they're winning the Metro. I don't think they're really even challenging for that. Like at this point, that looks like a team that could sneak into the wild card for me. Yeah. I I don't expect them to be like an actual factor in the division. I, you know, there's always like some kind of question if they're going to like, <clears throat> with their like shutdown style, which again they don't have Barry Trotz anymore. Um, right. if they're gonna kind of be that plucky team that makes it and then gets like absolutely dunked on by an actual talented team like the Hurricanes, um, or if they're just gonna kind of fade away like they did last year. So yeah, we'll see. They still have Adam Pellick, who's one of the more underrated defensemen in the league. Um, Scott Mayfield's annoying, if nothing else. Right. And then they've got some veteran forwards that know how to play. So We'll see. Um, Sebastian Ajo made the roster. Yes, he did. So we could have some uh, could have some fun with that one. Robin Salo, Cup. Robin Salo, a defenseman I kind of liked once upon a time. We'll see if he sticks this season. Um, and then Romanov, who we've already talked about. So we'll see. Let's talk about Washington next, because this is a team that I think made a couple good moves um, in acquiring both Dylan Strom and Darcy Kemper in free agency. Mm-hmm. 
But this team's defense is rough, man. <laughs> Martin Ferrari is really good, but like I do not like that Capitals defense. And without um, Nicholas Backstrom, I'm very curious to see what happens to the Capitals power play. Because, yeah, Alex Ovechkin is still very good, but what else do they have, you know? Relying on Eric Gustafson and Trevor Van Riemsdyk to be, like, significantly imperative defensive players is probably not the best. Love TVR, really good third-pairing defenseman. I'm not sure he's not, like, their number three. (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, he's the... Orlov's really good. They do have him. And then Carlson. He's probably he's their five or six. Yeah. Ferrari is their four. And Orlov and, you know, um, John Carlson. But I don't know. They don't they don't have a lot that makes me say, ooh, yeah, they're they're scary. Um the Capitals are still a playoff team in my opinion, but it wouldn't surprise sure. me if they're like a wild card team this year. I wouldn't be surprised by that either. Going to Pittsburgh now for the Penguins, man. I, I think the only two like locks. To be like, oh, they're definitely getting one of the two or one of the top three spots, Carolina and the Rangers. I think the Penguins get the the third spot. I really do. We'll see. I think that this the Penguins just are never going to go away until Sidney Crosby retires. Yeah, that's that's how it's going to be. I mean, that's true. But like they they added Jeff Petrie, who's still a useful NHL player. They added Jan Ruda, who actually is a really sneaky good ad for them. Um, Jan Ruda is a really solid um, kind of defensive defender. Other than that, I think that's the only addition they made. Um, So, you know, it's a team whose defense got slightly better, but um, the biggest question with that team is like, you know, how long can they go before Evgeny Malkin's legs give out before Chris Letang's legs give out, you know, stuff like that. Like Crosby and Malkin still elite. <clears throat> Jason Zucker's really good. Jake Gensel's really good. Brian Rust is really good. After yeah. that, they don't have a ton to me. Um, Jeff Carter was pretty good for them last year. He's getting up there. Kasperi Kapanen, meh. Um, not great. Brock McGinn, obviously a great fourth liner. I, I just, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they were in that top three, like you said, but I, I like I said, I just I just wouldn't be surprised if it went either way for them. We'll see if uh, Tristan Jerry can repeat his performance from last year. Yeah. Brandon, we're coming up on a very long road trip. Our next home game isn't until the 28th. Um, right now, I just want, like, we're kind of running low on time here. We've already run kind of over tonight, actually. I want one question that you have for this road trip that you would like answered. And I'll go first because I've already kind of talked about it. So I don't really see much time and spending on it. I really want the third pairing settled. If not like, you know, at least a little more clarity on who or what the pecking order is. So whether it's, Dehan Coglin, whether it's you know any combination of Coglin, Dehan, Chatfield, and Bear, I just want some clarity on it. Yeah, and, and I think we'll get it. I, I think we're going to see all those guys get in. The only guy I'm not 100 sure on is Bear. Again, like we'll see. Yeah. 
Um, I, I, but even him, like, I feel like there's a good chance Rod gets him in at some point. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe he puts both uh, Coglin and Barron together. You know, they've been sort of skating together in practice. So may, maybe they both get in one time and, you know, in Seattle, whatever. We, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I think that is something that we'll get some answers to on this road trip. For me, I want to see, and again, this is also something we've kind of talked about tonight, but I want to see that second line continue to be the factor they were in Columbus. And they don't have to, you know, score multiple goals and be huge on the score sheet. But I want them to prove, you know, get off to that hot start. You know, don't have it be one game. Carry that momentum. Continue to produce on this road trip and prove that they're going to be a second line that's not going to, you know, have any drop down from last year when you had guys like Trocek and Nino Niederreiter, even though he was in the third line. I want to see those guys go out West and continue to impose their will on games. Andre Sveshnikov to continue playing at a superstar level. Martin Natchez to show that confidence. And yes, Barry Kokaniemi to settle into the 2C role. He's got his contract. That's what Mike said the other day. He's got nothing to worry about. The drama from the offer sheet is behind him. Now it's time to prove it. Reward the Hurricanes faith in him. I want to see that line have a really good road trip. Yeah, I agree. Well, eventually, you know, I think Nate just had a really good start. We didn't even really talk about him all that much. Um, that was a really encouraging start for him. Three points. Uh, eight, eight players in total factored in for the Hurricanes in that game, which is what you want to see. Brandon, I'm excited. It's they are 1-0 to start the year. They're on pace for an 82-0 season. Martin <laughs> Natchez is on pace for 246 points. I say he does it. I do too, Brandon. man. I'm just going to say blocky, man. You see what happens? We actually yeah. have something to talk about, and we run over an hour. Right. You're welcome, by the way, folks. We've been, we've been filling time for so long. <laughs> it just feels so nice to like actually be squeezing stuff in, and now it's like, wait shit i gotta edit this tomorrow it's gonna take forever to get out i gotta get it out for the game (laughs) and folks i know i've been dry on the content lately uh written wise i've been busy uh haven't we all yeah i've been been the same i've been slacking i've been waiting for just the right opportunity to get back into it and i just haven't been able to right now got a lot of stuff personally going on and uh, folks, we just want to thank you so much for listening. Um, here's we, to another great year, man. Yeah, here's here's to another great year. This is the first episode of the third season of this podcast. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. Last year, I, I think I switched over. I switched yeah, from we did one to two. We did switch the format last year. Um, welcome so to folks, season. Welcome to episode one, season three, season baby. Three shit. <laughs> We forgot until the very end, but you know what? We're we're here. We're good, folks. I mean, come on. How how could you not just see it? It's a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan. 